Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Live from the podcast rooms in Glasgow, it's all about the jars with Rookie Neal, Derek Ferguson, and Charlie Miller. Hello and welcome to All About the Gels. It's myself, Ricky Neal, and we're joined by a special guest today. Along, well, Charlie's back as well, but we're joined by Gordon Smith. Welcome, Gordon. Thanks for coming along. Cheers, Hello, Ricky. Gordon. Charlie, how you doing? Good, good. Sorry, I'm just fixing the microphone there. Hi, thanks for coming in because uh, Derek just done one of his usuals. Uh, he just decided to go on holiday last minute. <laughs> no, but uh, it's good to have you back, uh, Gordon, because you've been on a few times, haven't you? Yeah, done to you yeah. already. So, uh, First this year, though. First this year, I know. Well, I'm going to fire a few questions at you, but first of all, I'd just like to say thank you to our sponsors, uh, Plugged In IT Business Solutions, DB Dental Care, ISG Resin Flooring Specialist, and GNC Architectural Limited. Uh, you can actually find out more about them at our new website. The new website is allaboutthegels.co.uk. So, since you're new in the show, Gordon, I'm just going to pick on you first because yeah. obviously we've not spoke since uh, the new managers come in. So, what's your thoughts on Michael Beale so far? I think that he, he speaks well. I think that he, he seems as if he's got the right things in mind. You know, he, he's probably more open than any manager that's been for quite some time. Even Steven Gerrard or uh, Gio and Van Brockers in terms of t- talking about what changes that need to be made, how the team's playing, the performances, maybe even individual players. So he's very open in that respect. And I think, you know, any other manager, you need time because he's got to build the team. He's got to, to try and improve the, the side. I don't think they were, uh, they were they were in a position where they were actually competing. If you watch Rangers just now and then you're watching Celtic at the same time, you're seeing Celtic are stronger in terms of you know how they can win games. There's no question about it. They're a much more adventurous team than Rangers are at the moment. But that's why Michael Beale's come in and he, he knows that changes have to be made. But you don't think he's actually turned around some of the players as well? Because Ken started to play better and... Uh... Uh, Sasha, well, Sasha, yeah. Sasha, uh, fashion, yeah. fashion junior, fashion junior. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, a good manager gets more out of certain players. There's no question of that. I think giving giving Kent a bit more of a free role has been a good idea. I think that's something that that can help because there's some players, you know, they get naturally get seen as a winger and they get kept on the wing and and it doesn't always suit them. They're in and out of the game. Sometimes they're out, out of the game for quite some time because they, they, if they're not getting fed the ball. Having to wait and wait and wait. I, I experienced that myself at times when I was a winger at times at Kilmarnock. By the time I came to Rangers, I, I get into central midfield and it was much better for me. I could then become involved in the game. And that's the situation where I'm Kent at the moment. He's getting more involved in the game and that's suiting him a lot better. You can see that he's got a new relish for playing and uh, he's, he's actually, I think at the moment, he seems as if he's the most creative player we've got. Yeah, I mean, Charlie, you, you said the same about Tillman as well. Uh, but he seems to come and go, doesn't he, as well, Charlie? Yep. Um... It's hot and cold, definitely. Um, 
Sometimes he's he's ridiculously good. You go, bloody hell, son, well done. And then other times you're thinking, where is this guy? Um, but obviously, Gordon's saying about Kent, not just Kent, but you can tell all the players weren't they playing for Giovanni. Mm-hmm. You can tell, because the games we've won lately, or since Spiels came in, we wouldn't have won the games under Giovanni. Definitely no. Um, but there's more fight there, there's maybe a bit more hunger. Obviously, Michael Bale needs a wee hand in his transfer market. We're saying Cantwell, which is good. Hopefully, get two or three more in. But the players just weren't playing for Gio, and I think everybody could see it, unfortunately. And now Bale's in, and we support Bale, and fingers crossed they can get some good signings in, and, because we definitely need some more signings in. It's definitely, one of the things he's, he needed to do was, and I felt this was a problem under Gio, there was no intensity about Rangers' play. You don't think so, Charlie? Oh, 100%. It does not play at that level that makes it difficult for the opponents because, I mean, I remember Jock Wallace used to say it when, when he was manager, he would say, we've, we've got to be as fit as we can possibly be because whoever you're playing against is actually highly motivated when they're playing against Rangers. They want to beat you. They're up, they're up for the game. They're playing in front of a big crowd. So you, he said you could see these players playing one week and you, you see them playing against you and they're a different player because of the, the, the atmosphere that's created by it. So therefore, you have to play with intensity in order to match that and, and to win games. Got to do that, and that's that's what's I think Michael Beale's aware of that. It just shows you we're about another week. Yeah, we beat him 2 1, a hard slog for us. We get through it. I believe we probably wouldn't have got through it under Geo. Um, and then they go and get pumped five and a half AFA hearts. Half just know, doesn't make any right. sense. It's just same um, Aberdeen team. I know, yeah, that's, it. that's just doesn't make any sense. But obviously, we know everybody tries that but harder. It was, the same, it was the same the previous game that could be after St. Mirren, the game after Rangers the last time as well. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, see, see what Charlie's saying. We've we've mentioned a few times about players not playing for a manager, and I asked Charlie and Derek, you know, have you ever been in a team like that? They both said no. But have you ever on a team that you, you felt that some players just had stopped performing? Definitely, I think it's a lot. Sometimes the fact was how the manager spoke to the players, how he was treating them, maybe what he was even asking them to do. They didn't quite, it didn't quite suit them. And even as I say, some managers are quite critical of certain players and, and not everyone can stand that. There's a lot of players can't take it and, and they just go on with it and they think, okay, I'll just play myself. I'm, I'm more interested in how I play than what the manager says about me. But there's other players get really affected by it. So you can actually put, put players off depending on what you say to them. And I don't think there's any doubt that that does happen in the game. And there's been a case, of, we've, seen it, we've heard it before, and it's been a, certainly a fact that a manager can lose a dressing room not just certain players that like oh, lose the dressing in general. You're well, with that, Charlie, yeah? Well, <clears throat> for me, I never stopped playing for anybody, but I get stopped playing with some managers. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> I get stopped playing. No, but if you play, you want to get and look, you want to still go out and prove yourself and you want to be as best as you can when you go out and play. Um, but some people are different, attitudes are different. And um, unfortunately for Gio, that's what it looked like. The, the players didn't want, want him there. But it was so obvious because I mean, and I always think, see how Golson was meant to be out for so many months, injured, but then suddenly we got a new manager and his backs back fit. Then you start thinking, is that anything to do with that? But yeah. you know, you know, that's just me. Yeah, you don't know. Starting rumours. I mean, mean, yeah, but I, I know what you mean though. These things are, are quite significant. The fact is that you know, as you say, player, a player just he's out for, you know, he's going to be out for months, and all of a sudden, as you say, a new manager comes in, he's all of a sudden fit. It, it, it gives you a wee sign that maybe that is a factor that he wasn't happy playing under the system that Gio was playing because that, that's sometimes a player 
some players would say, you know, because of how this system we're playing, it doesn't make me look good. It makes it actually makes me look bad. And they don't they don't actually perform then and they don't want to be in that team. I've seen it happen and I've seen, as I say, teams I've been at, I've seen the players reacting to how a manager speaks to them and, and, they, and they don't like it. But it's strange because when just when Gio came in, before Gio came in, I thought we were looking a bit stale under Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. Even though we were still top of the league, I thought we'd still went a wee bit stale when then Giovanni came in. And we won like seven games in a row. We won the magic or anything like that, but the, was, we, we got, got a lift. lift again. And it was like thinking, okay, good, here, here we go, we'll kick on. And then gone from seven points ahead to six behind yeah. in a short space of time after winning the seven or eight games in a row. You just wonder where it went to. And obviously going away in the winter break again, which killed us again. But um, it's a far cry from when we were in Seville to when Giovanni left. So it definitely was. Yeah. What needs to change? Do you just think we need more players in? Well, I think we definitely need to. I think we need some more players. We need somebody. We need some players who will be a bit of fire on their belly again and just to lift the, uh, lift the place. We need three players or four players that are going to come in and start. We need players that, as I said, but I said at the start of the season, I was hoping it wasn't the quantity rather than quality. And it's just seemed to be that it's been quantity, yeah. unfortunately. But hopefully, heard a lot of good things about Cantwell. Obviously, he's lost his way a wee bit in the last couple of years, but. I'm sure he can probably come up here and get, get his career back in track. I don't see why not. He's coming to a bigger club, although Norwich were Premier League uh, for probably three of the five seasons the B-man was playing down there. But he's coming up to Rangers. Massive expectation now that he's signed and trained today. So, fingers crossed he works out. Yeah, I hope, he, I hope he's the right kind of player because, I mean, I don't know what's, what happened to him, but I, I checked into Norwich and, and he hardly plays any games. In the last three seasons... I think the most league games he played was nine in a season, eight, seven. And, it, and the last time he played was actually in November. And now that might have been the case, the fact that manager left him out because he made it clear that he wasn't signing a new contract. He wanted to leave at the end of the season. So the manager maybe <coughs> felt, well, I don't want a player here who, in the team who doesn't want to be here. Right. But see, to be honest with you, if I, if I was a manager, I would want I would want to play players that are wanting away. You know why? Because you're going to get more of a performance from them. Because if they're trying to get... Get somebody you tell Kamara that, yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> Only you have a word with him. You want to be in a short window, don't no, you? I, mean, I think so as well. You know, as I say, oh, my, my time at Kamara, I must be honest with you, my time at Kamara, my main motivation for me playing for Kamara was the fact that I wanted to try and show up all the time because I wanted to move. Kamara was a starting point for me. I always had this ambition to move to higher club, and that's why that uh, you know, I, I was motivated every week, even. Regardless, in those days, you couldn't leave at the end of your contract and all that, but you still want players that are highly motivated. The biggest problem, one of the biggest problems Rangers have got, just talking about there, and Charlie mentioned it as well, about Tillman and, and Kent, to, to a certain extent, can be the same. They're very talented, but they're, they're, what they actually bring is not consistent. Neither, two, neither two of them, uh, you're actually sure what they're going to do. In fact, I mean, Kent has got better of late, but I remember once, about a year ago, saying that one of the things about Ryan Kent, as I know it's, he was mainly playing the wing, what he does is either there's only two levels. It's either brilliant or rubbish. What he does, there's nothing in between. But it was it was a lot more rubbish. Yeah, than brilliant. That's right. But he's he's, he's more effective now because he's, he's he's involved in the game. But Tillman's a bit like that too. You know, he, you can see that he's got ability. He's got class, style, great touch, and all that. But he gives the ball away a lot, an awful lot. Rangers lose possession because of him rather than at times mixing his game up and saying, just play a simple pass, 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 then take people on at the right moment. Because you look at you watch Lionel Messi play, for example, he doesn't always dribble. He's always, at times he just plays a simple little pass, 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 but when he's, he knows the right moment to suddenly burst and Tillman needs to get that in his game. I think he sometimes looks lackadaisical. 
Yeah. See when he's got yeah. the ball, I think he thinks he's got more time than he's, he thinks, and yeah. then he just looks slow. That's body then, language, you know, that looks... And then next minute, he just bursts onto the scene and does something unbelievable. Like, yeah. What the hell, son? You know. And God was right there. forgive him. Because the ball comes to Messi, <laughs> yeah. Messi does later our first time, and then he'll go and get it again and move into another area. And then he gives himself maybe three or four yards, and then he can go and play with his today. Um, but well, that was—I mean—it was a lovely little touch he had for the goal for for the the, the goal at the weekend against uh, St. Johnson. I mean, he he was the one that put uh, Fashion Junior in, didn't he? With a lovely little flick into his path, and so he, that's that's the ability he's got. That was a first-time pass; didn't have to run and dribble and like that. He's, so he's got that kind of ability if he just mixes his game up. Mm -hmm. To be honest and, with you, and then sorry, defenders God. won't know what to do, Charlie. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, I think we'll no sign Tillman. We can't milk him in there. I don't see you signing Tillman because I think they're very similar players. Um, and I, do, I just don't see you signing them now. Yeah. Do you know what I like to put uh thing we signed in the day? Can't we all sign in the day? The fact he went straight to training as well. You, know, you yeah. can see he's up for it. And I, I watched his little interview and he's saying he's, you know, he's here that he, you know, he's, he understands the history of the club, everything, and he, he wants to be playing in Europe, you know. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be positive. But I think you're right, Charlie. I think if he comes in and gets a cracking <coughs> start, then Tillman is. Same with uh, Sands as well. You no, still yeah. don't know what's happening with Sands. But they're still basically loans, but there's a, there's a price on them at the end of the season. Yeah. But if, if they're. If, if Rangers bring in more quality than the two of them, then they won't be signed up because I think they're both quite expensive, aren't they? If they go for four yeah. million, four, 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 million, four think, and yeah. five, I think it was. Yeah, yeah I, I think feel sorry is. for Sands. He's been really made an escape go. I really think he's, he's played everywhere. Uh, yeah. It's been a shame. I think it could be David. I, think, he's, decent. I think, I think he's a decent player. Yeah, I think he could get the legs in midfield. He could get a bit apart, but he's never getting a chance. Unfortunately, the poor guy. Right. Charlie, see before you come in, uh, myself and Gordon were talking about a new thing that Gordon's involved in. It's like psychology in football, right? And I was thinking, you know, a lot of players are confidence now that's going and there's reports that Matondo's confidence meant to have been taking a big knock and he's, he's not feeling it. Do you think something like that could help, like, if, if you get in and talk to football teams and things like that? Yeah, I think what we do is, we, we what I've brought in is a thing from America. There's a, a scientist over there patented it. I, I got to know him. I got to know somebody who, who does it. And I've I brought it in to Scotland. In fact, I've got the, I've got the license for Europe for this, so right, I can wow. take it anywhere in Europe. Um, and and what it is is that you test a player, you test every person. It's not just for sport; it's for anything, any occupation. You test the people, and it, you find out exactly what their personality is like, what their motivations are, their demotivations, and then you can actually then give them treatment and help in terms of how to improve them, their lifestyle, improve their confidence, improve their mentality, and that's what's very important because in football, in general, there's, it's a lot of that. A lot, a lot of the times, players do lose confidence and it can be come from teammates can can say things to them. The fans can give them a hard time, the manager, and it's just a case of, of having to deal with that and go over that. And, and that's a, it's a very important aspect of, of sport or life in general. So you would actually go and talk to the management team and say, this is how you should treat Charlie? Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 how, how would you treat Charlie? The fact that, well, <laughs> with, with the talent he had, I would say, what, what is it, Charlie, that's uh, any problems for you? We know, but if you do the test, we know his personality, then we will be able to tell him what his problem is and what, what, why why he's not doing what he should be doing. You know? right, we'll just leave it at that then. Eh? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> kebabs and beer. <laughs> is that one of your questions? That's it. What do you what do you like most? But like talking about, uh, I'm saying I was listening to Todd Cantwell's interview today, and he was saying like one of the big things he came for as well was because they had really good chats with Michael Beale. Michael Beale explained how he wants them to play football, how he's going to fit into the team. Yes. See, when you joined Rangers, obviously, when was that 1977? Jock Wallace was your manager. Was yeah. that one of your, your big reasons for coming to Rangers? Yeah, uh, definitely. What, what it was, it was just, I wanted just, I was a Rangers fan anyway, and it was just a great move for me. And it, when I came into the club, 
Jock Wallace shook my hand and it was the biggest shock I got was he said, welcome to the club, that's taken a while. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, I've been trying to sign you for the last four years, do you know? No. I went, no. And he goes, I've been in for you since you were 18. I was now 22. And, I, and he said, I've been trying to sign you every year. And then I said to him, well, I've got to ask you this. Uh, I'm, I've been playing the wing at Kilmarnock just now and you've signed Davy Cooper. He plays, and he goes, no, he says, at first, when I first saw you and I tried to buy you, you were playing centre midfield. That's where you're going to play for me. And he said, that's going to be your position. And, he, and then he said something interesting. He said, you're, you're the last piece of the jigsaw. He said, in terms of how we're going to play, I want a midfield player that can run and go and join up with the front. And that's what you can do. And I said, that's great. That's what I want to play. So it was great for me that he actually put me in a position and told me that what he wanted from me. And because it was exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't want to play in the wing at Kilmarnock, but I was told to play there. Right. That's on it. Yeah. Both of you have obviously played with some amazing uh, Rangers players like you you yourself was David Cooper, John Gregg, Sandy Jardin, Derek Johnson, Wee Doddy, Tommy McLean and Bobby Russell. Obviously, it's totally different nowadays, but where do you think that we need to strengthen in our team? What, what was significant about that team was I was, a, I was a young player coming in and so was Bobby Russell and David Cooper. We were the new players that came in, but we were surrounded by experience and quality. And that's two crucial aspects. And I think that leadership is a big factor in, in any team. Charlie would know this myself. Getting guys in the team who are actually are used to getting success, they know what's required of Rangers and they know... And you look at that team there, you had Sandy Jard and John Gregg was still... That was his last season. You had Colin Jackson, Tom Forsyth at the back, Tommy McLean, Alec McDonald and Derek Johnson up front. So you had about seven, six players that were... In, at least seven players that were involved in the cup winners. Cup win inside in that team so I was very fortunate in that respect so there's two aspects to it one is you can fit in in terms of what your role is but when you think about the quality you have around about you and and over over generations Rangers have had that from time to time I don't think they quite have that at the moment right but they do say like when you're playing with a good team and a good bunch of players that you actually yourself normally turn into a better player as well don't you well you do I I don't think there's any doubt about it because you know you, you know what's expected of you and and I I actually changed my game a bit because because I'd been playing the wing at, at Kilmarnock, I was do, doing a lot of individual stuff, dribbling with the ball. When I came to Rangers in that team in the midfield, I stopped doing that because all you had to do was pass it and run past it. became more of a box-to-box player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlie, you know, the thing Went was... beyond, beyond yeah, to score correct. goals. And you, got, and you got the ball back when you made a run. You, we'd pass us the ball like Cooper and McLean, Bobby Russell. You know, Derek Johnson was a great front man. He was a target man in his own up front and I went and joined them. All, but, uh, so you're talking about, uh, you're playing a role and you're fitting in with players that know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a crucial aspect. Charlie probably found that himself. Oh, 100%. Like, I had obviously Goffey, Coyste, the goalie, yeah. Durante, Haley, I yeah. name a lot of them, you know. And obviously, we were brought up to expect to win yeah. at Rangers. So it doesn't make any difference. So um, under my coaches, as in Billy Kirkwood and John McGregor, David Dodds or whoever it would have been. And even John Chalmers, um, who was my youth uh, father doing, <clears throat> we were expected to win every single game. Yeah. And that's when it went to reserves. When it went to first team, we were just expected to win. You, you, it was born in E. If you get beat, it was sure right. a good day. I know. Two defeats in a row was like a crisis at Rangers. Aye. Do you it think is. that changes you as a person, like that expectation? See, to be honest with you, I didn't know and I didn't know anything different. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> I really didn't, because obviously I came through, through the youth and then came through reserves into the, the first team, so I didn't know any difference, because we won reserve leagues, we won reserve league West, we won VP Youth Cups, we won Glasgow Cups, so to me, it didn't, it, it didn't 
it just seemed weird when we got beat, even if we got beat with Celtic in the reserve game, it was a strange thing. Yeah. The classic, you know what summed it up for me? The classic was that I went to Brighton and my first game, we won the first game. Second game, we're playing down at Ipswich. I'll never forget this. We're on the bus and we're sitting, we said, about a hard game down here. And one of the boys said, oh, we'll not win today. I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, we don't win down here. I said, well, why, why can't we win today? And he goes, God, we don't win down here. And I think, that's unbelievable. That's an attitude uh, of at Rangers. It was like you're expected to win. You hoped. You so obviously you're always up for it. But that was just shows you that some in certain other aspects, people just think, no, no, we're not going to win. Well, Derek actually said that was it last week. He was talking about when he was at Hearts. He said there was sometimes you've looked around the dressing room and you could tell. No, just I think he was kind of talking there, maybe Falkirk. Aye, maybe, yeah, because obviously Hearts were a decent team. team aye, uh-huh. I think maybe Falkirk or Dunfermline. Maybe he's talking about. Aye, he might have been. But ah, you can see it. It's, you can see when you're at Dundee United things like that. You can see people are that bit nervous uh-huh. when they're playing against the old firm. I'm going to ask a question for Stuart Finlay. He's saying, what do Gordon and Charlie think about McCann going to Forest Green Rovers? Well, on you go, Gordon. Well, I was quite surprised because two things. He's, he's about the first team. You know, he's a first team player. He's He was getting, he came on the weekend, I think, didn't he? And uh, he played and I think myself, well, he's only 20 years of age. Surely, they maybe think he's got potential. So I'm quite surprised about that. You know, maybe they just think it's good money to get in from. But 20 years old, and in, in, in the paper, it actually said that it was him. He wasn't wanting to sign again for Rangers. Yeah, no, he was going for a bumper deal. But yeah, the English third division or something. Yes, yeah. English second. Second, the, is it? Well, League one. League one. Yeah. But the, the thing is, it, as Gordon says, I, I was fair. I didn't know he went <laughs> until I came in here. Yeah. Because I thought he was in about the first team. He would have been happy there. He's getting his chance. He's getting a sniff and then you said he's he's why to get guaranteed first team football you just don't get guaranteed first team football it's impossible you have to be performing week in week out to be getting to play every game so you're never guaranteed first team football I don't know what they get this way you don't know what what his his motivation is here or what advice he's been getting to because the other aspect of it could be the fact that because he's not signing a new deal at Rangers he's maybe on a low amount of money because of the the current deal he had and therefore you go to a team like Forest Green I know for a fact in England even the non-league clubs are paying higher than most of the Scotland clubs. They're paying the money's much better down in England. So maybe all of a sudden he's got quite a big increase here. He didn't think he was going to be going to get that Rangers, and he's been advised: look, you'll you'll still be playing at a level where you can move on from there. You're down in England now. You've got a bigger picture there of people who will come and see that you're playing, and you're right away. You're on more money right away. I, I, when I was an agent at times, I I never ever let my players make a decision based on money though. I used to say, base it on football. You have to be happy. You have to Correct. be on somewhere. Yeah. What's good for the football for you? Yeah, because I went to Watford and it, it was never for money because I went, you're playing the Premier League in England and I went less money. I must be the only idiot that's ever done that. You were just going to do the Elton John. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? You were just going to do the Elton John. Mm-hmm. Right. I must be the only idiot that's ever went to the Premier League and got less money than I was in Scotland. That's right. Um, that's amazing. But that was it. Were you just because you, you wanted to go and play at that I, level? I never wanted to go and play. I never wanted to leave, but yeah. Advocate came in after a year with Advocate and he did players that he wanted to keep. And then I went to Leicester like injured and I came back up the road. So he made his mind up that I was surplus to requirements. That's fair enough. That's he was, like, he was the one of the ones who spoke about earlier on, Charlie. There wasn't though. He was he was difficult. There was a lot of players. He lost quite a few players, didn't he? I got on really well with Advocate. Yeah. I'm going to say Dick. I don't really go on well with Dick. <laughs> yeah. I got on well with Advocate. I really did go on. Even the, the only biggest disappointment was for me and Derek McInnes because I was in Lone Leicester and then I came back up the road. Derek McInnes played in the cup final. We won the treble 
and the twos get letters through our door saying that we have to go and train with the youth. And it was signed by David Murray. And uh, that was through our door. And I'd been at Rangers since 11 year old. And the Dutch guys coming in and they can't even come in. Uh, David Murray can't tell us to our face. Or, yeah. Um, that coach can't tell us, like, okay, you're, we're not, don't want you anymore. Thanks for your time. Right, see you later. I let. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. After my door, I was really, really shocked. And then my first couple of days back, I seen an advocate in the... In the at the marble stairs, and I'm walking up, and he goes, hey, Charlie, how are you? I says, what the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm all right, I'm a hell. Um, but after that, that was that. So, yeah. um, you just, it's just a wee bit of respect. To Especially at Rangers, you would expect better than yeah. that Rangers. Listen, we're still talking transfers, and this always comes back up. Uh, M Ward is saying, it's Cantwell what we need. I don't think we need, uh, we need a goalkeeper first, which, I don't know, there's still this thing going on about Goalkeepers is McGregor the goalkeeper, or is it McLaughlin or McCrory? I still feel sorry for Lad McCrory. He played last year. He played against Celtic, and I remember in the game the Rangers won, didn't they? And he 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 made two great saves. He done really well. He did two great saves in the game, and he's never been. I've seen Robbie play a few times, and he's a really. I think when Bill came in, he should just have went like, okay, he's no fancy in Greeks anymore, or he's. You had to just go right. I'll see how he does to the end of the season. Just play him to the end of the season. Because I don't think we do need a goal. I think we've got to... He's just signed another three-year deal. Yeah, <laughs> and that takes him up to his 28 or something. Right. I think he should be given his chance, because especially in the league games, because let's be honest, the league the league is beyond Rangers at the moment. There's no doubt about it. And I don't see why young McCrory couldn't come in there and show what he can do, because he already did. For me, he showed it. I don't know whether they obviously judge people in training and all that as well. Who knows? But he's, he's young. He's got plenty of years ahead of him. Whereas the other two keepers... Are a fair age now. Dang. I mean, you look at Alan McGregor has been a fantastic goalkeeper for 100%. Rangers, no doubt. But he doesn't come off his line anymore at set pieces and like that. John McLaughlin comes off his line and doesn't get there. So you get a choice one or the other. One goalkeeper who comes off and doesn't make it, or one that stays in his lane. Robbie, you know, Robbie's about six foot five or something. Yeah, he's a big lad, isn't he? But as I say, I remember that game and I thought that's him established himself now as a as a goalkeeper who can now get a chance and he hasn't. I think see with McLaughlin. He, it seems to be the first five minutes he's a wee bit nervous and he'll, he'll do something daft. But after that, after he's fine. Yeah. You know, but it's I still would myself rather have McGregor in, but I think we do need to yeah. give McCrory a chance. I'm just going to go to some of the transfers as they were hopefully going to bring in. Uh, Nicholas Raskin, only 21-year-old midfielder. Uh, Morgan Whitaker, I don't know if that's on or off, but uh, Swansea, he asked Swansea if he, could, if he didn't want to play at the weekend. Yeah, I saw that. Because uh, yeah. if he played with them, he wouldn't have been able to play with Rangers. Uh 
as I said earlier on, Michael Beale's still looking for a centre-half as well. Uh, obviously, you used to be an agent, Gordon, and you worked uh, for Rangers and football side of it as yeah. well. What's, what's it like around about this time of the year? It's it's a nightmare uh, around about this time of year for, for two facts. Is the fact that one of them is, as an agent, it's uh, you've, got, you've got people maybe interested in your players and you're trying to negotiate things. And it's amazing the number of times that it's the last day these things happen because of the negotiations, you know, even between clubs. They'll, they'll they'll say, you know, they'll, they'll keep saying, no, we're not accepting that, we're not accepting that, to wait and see if the other club comes back with a higher bid. And if they don't, they, you know, they'll, they'll get in touch with them at 11 o'clock and the, the last day of the, the window and say, OK, we'll take that money. Right. I've seen me as an agent having to drive at midnight and taking players back home after going to sign contracts at that time of night. It's unbelievable because it's negotiations like a game of Space game of cards, you know, right. but the other side from the football side, it's also difficult too because you know you're trying to bring in players, you don't know who's who else is wanting these players, you don't know what the, the most of the time now it's a wee bit easier because of agents to the fact that you get, you get a bit more information from the agent to tell you that the player uh, has an interest in coming, this is the kind of money he's looking for, and all that. So that the deal's normally done in advance of that, although they don't see it before right. they even get talking to the club. Do you ever think teams actually do panic buys just because? Oh, anybody in yet? 100%. Yeah. The thing is with me, the boy Nicholas Raskin, 21 year old, we've just let Charlie McCann go at 20. I know. So I really hope Nicholas Raskin's a really good player. Yeah. Every time I hear that name, I think of that programme with the Tiger. <laughs> you call that oh, they are <laughs> No, but I think I think the main thing about it, these players are all pretty young. I mean, <clears> Todd Cantwell, and as I say, one of the, one of the aspects I would look for in players is to say I'll have a wee bit of a mix. You know, I remember when this great signings and David Weir was one of the great signings for the club because mm-hmm. he came in there and, and he was the one that controlled the back four and, and was experienced so I think getting some experienced players in there even if it's midfield or whatever there's no reason why you look at what Snodgrass is doing at the moment actually Die, or Hearts you know, he's, he's outstanding and, and he's 35 you know so Rangers he still looks really fit there must be still some players a good age up to 30 years of age who, who are still in very good condition could come in there and with all the experience could help do the team. Like, as I say, that team, you, the names you mentioned when I was at Rangers, like Alec McDonald and Tommy McLean, you know, John Gregg, Sand, they're all ex- very experienced players. And Charlie, we still get suited as well. You might. Yep. And Holanda. Well, I'm a, I'm a fan of Holanda, although Me too, yeah. he's Aye. really injured a lot. He's probably our best defender. He's been for quite some time, Aye, wasn't he's he? Been been for been ages. I, I, thought he was, I thought he was on a free to go. You know? uh, Michael Bale said that he's expecting him back soon. God knows who told well, me that last week then. <laughs> if it's him and suited back, they don't really need the centre half because Aye. you've got the young boy King who's already there anyway. And then you've got the two who are in the team at the moment. You know, So Davis and, and, and Golson. Are strong there, so you know, and your sands can always fill in there if you get between now and the end of the season. So you don't need another centre back unless these guys aren't going to be fit. Do you think we do need to get another goalkeeper in? But I think so. I yeah. think maybe just cover, but I think first and foremost, I would give uh, McCrory his chance. I really don't think we need a goalie right now. No, I forgot he knows going to start McCrory, and we're going to the new number one for next season. Yeah, unless you're saying to Robbie, you're going to start next season. Yeah, but and it looks like obviously Griggs is away. Um, who's been unbelievable for the club. Yeah. And then McLaughlin's still got another year left, maybe. I think so, eh? So then McLaughlin was number two. And I don't really think you need another goal if uh, Robbie goes and does well in goal. Then we're happy we've got a 25-year-old guy that's a top goalie. Aye, there's rumours that uh, Sakala and Morelos are getting bids on as well. Are they? That could be a big loss if 
I think Morelos, I know he's not been doing the best, but see his presence yeah. on that pitch. Yeah. He played all right the other night, don't you? You could see he was going to get booked. And I understand why they'll tear him off at 3 1, because he <laughs> he's liable to do something stupid and get sent off. And yeah. with Colak injured, we've nobody else really to play yeah. through the middle. I think Cholak's back, but yeah, as well. I think he is now, yeah. Well, we said that last week and they came on and. Yeah. Aye. But the thing is, you're right. I think one of the, the problems areas is that Rangers do need some cover as striker. And I think that's the problem with that is that normally that is the most expensive yep. player you have to buy these days as a striker. And that's the hard part about it, isn't it? Lee Ramage is asking, would Charlie and Gordon pay the money for Sands or do you think he's overpriced given his contribution? I don't think he's been given a fair chance at his right position yet. But I think the only thing I think about him is this he's a, he's a player, and you don't often get this, a player who can actually cover in both positions. He can cover at the back if you need him, and he can cover in in the, in the midfield. Now, there's one of one of the games I remember. It was a European game, and he I was actually when it was brilliant. He was absolutely outstanding. He was yeah. he actually covered well for Golson that night. Golson was was caught out two or three times, and Sands was the one that actually covered for him Aye. and stopped it being embarrassing. So he, I felt he was outstanding that game. Now a lot of people don't really rate him greatly, but I think because he can play both a holding role midfield and centre back, it could be. Just depends on the money. It's a lot of money if, from. That's yeah. the thing. If we're gonna, if we get four million to spend in Sands, in fact, four million to spend in Tillman, just go and buy a buy a striker for six, seven million. Yeah, I write good one and go in you go, son. Because all as if Morelos is away anyway, so we really need a, another striker. Right. Did you get that great one through that this week? The email saying Rangers have just signed three strikers. Hi, a, t- a teacher, a postman, and. <laughs> A train driver. Aye, I know, and I fell for it big time. It was, it was actually a Celtic fan that told me it the other day. I'm like, who is it? Who is it? And he's like a striker. I put a poor Stephen Lermouth is, we're just actually about to move on to the St. Johnston game, but Steve, Stephen's saying the St. Johnston goal went to park. He's on loan for Palace. Uh, but that was all, be it one game. Yeah, know, so. I agree. I, th- I thought he did look good. Yeah. How, how did we know sign Seacrest? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You look good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I thought the, I thought the St John's keeper looked pretty, pretty decent, secure. Yeah, we were, we were linked for secrets, weren't we? Yeah. Should tell me these stats before the game <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> right, moving on to the point uh, the the game on Saturday. St John's versus Rangers. It was a tough game. You think we played was that like three games in six days? Yeah. Yeah. Again, the pitch pitch wasn't good. Uh, I don't I don't think that helped, especially if you're the, a better football side. I didn't think uh, I thought Rangers started the game pretty well, but I didn't think they were impressive as the game went on. Sort of thing, but they held out and they end up and uh, it was a great goal. They did oh, score. It's a great finish, yeah. Right? It was a great Peach. finish, you know. And as I say, it was great work from Sakala and Tillman as well. Tillman gets the credit for the little touch he played into Sakala. It was some finish with Barisic, what is it? Oh, oh, that's a great, great finish. Yeah. Just first time, you know. Most of them would have been going flying over the bar, but it was a peach. Almost like just a side foot pass, mm-hmm. wasn't it, in the top corner? But you, you can't beat that. That's ah, a, amazing. A great but as I say, that that's what Tillman, that's what Barisic and, and Tavernier definitely offer. They offer a lot in the attacking side. I think both of them could be better defensively. There's no doubt about that. But in the attacking side, that the both of them, I've got a lot to offer. See, see, when you were at Rangers, uh, this goes to both of you actually. What was your favourite away ground to play on? Uh, I liked, I like playing at Tynecastle. I, I liked the games there. The atmosphere's good at Tynecastle. Yeah, I liked the atmosphere there. Um, on in terms of pitch, in those days, unlike now, Rugby Park was a great pitch. Aye. Uh-huh. I, I love playing there for Kilmarnock because it was it was so good because I, I like it was good on the ball and, and I like to be, have a pitch that you could actually run on it with the ball and all that whereas a lot of the pitches 
were just rubbish, were just like bouncy. Nothing, a lot of them are better these days. I mean, see when you see some of the pitches in England nowadays, it's incredible right. standard. But mm-hmm. the pitches make a big difference to how you play. But as I say, I like the atmosphere at Tyne Castle, rugby park to play on. But um, I also like playing at Hamden. I like playing big matches there. No, but I don't know. The new Hamden's rubbish compared yeah. to the. It's not rubbish playing. It's not. A, it's not a good atmosphere in the stands as much. But it was good to play and beat Celtic three one. My first old firm game, hundred percent. It was great. But I love just play, beating them Parkhead or beating Aberdeen at Petodre. It was that always final that first one. You, you... No, it's when they were playing there, weren't they? Oh, they were. They were pl- that was a stadium at the time. Ninety four. Yeah, and the stadium was getting done up, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, but then we, I think within about three or four weeks, we end up. No, it wasn't the sort. It was the next season. We end up playing them in the League Cup quarterfinal. We beat them 1-0 at Parkhead. Mm. Then we beat them on the Saturday 2 0. I played in the, the Tuesday night in the quarterfinal of the Cup. We won 1-0. And then I'm on the bench on the Saturday. After beating <laughs> you dropped. <laughs> no, because I was having a wee problem with my shin splints, but I wanted to play that game. <laughs> oh, shin splints is a killer. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I've had that a few times. Gordon, uh, Charlie was telling us about how he left Rangers through the letter. Do you have quite an interesting story as well, didn't you, when you... Oh yeah, Brighton. Yeah, well, I mean, John Gregg. The season was finished. I just signed a five-year contract. I was a month into it, and John Gregg said to me, eh, "Can you do me a favour? Could you go down to Brighton and speak to the manager, Alan Mother? He's a pal of mine. I don't want to sell you, but he's been trying to buy you all year." And I said, "Okay." I went down. I didn't realise I was down with Davy Proven, uh, who was a coach at the time at Rangers, and uh, we went down and I sat down with Alan Mothery. And the first offer he made to me was double my Rangers wages and a big <laughs> sign-on fee. And I'm saying no, and went on and on and the next thing I was at three times my Rangers wages and he, th- Alan Muller th- obviously thought I was negotiating and I was just not going and then he's going to have some lunch so I go for lunch with Davey and uh, in his hotel and the two of us were there and Davey probably said to me that's some money Gordon I was like I know it's, it's unbelievable and he goes you know thinking of taking that I went you know I'm not taking that he goes okay I need to tell you the deal's done I went what do you mean he goes we've, we've accepted the bid we've sold you I went, that's not what Greggy told me. And I phoned Ibrooks and Greggy come on the phone. And he says, the first thing he says is, have you signed? I went, no, I'm not signing. Yeah, yeah. I said, I'm not. And he goes, if you don't sign, I'll make your life hell. You'll never kick a ball on the team again. Uh, you'll not even get a game in the reserves. I'll have you in morning and night training. And I was like, I can't believe this. He says, that's it. That's your, that's your deal. You better go. So I went back. I didn't realise at the time it was a record fee they got for me, right? But I just thought, this is unbelievable. I'm getting forced out like this. So I went back to Alan Mallory and said, uh, I've been thinking about it over lunch and I'm, I've agreed to sign. I got home that night, my wife uh, was in the house, it was, I mean, it was June, and uh, she said, she, uh, no mobile phones in those days. And she went, How, how's your day? And I went, you better sit down, just sign for Brighton. She went, what do you mean you've signed for Brighton? I went, sorry, I have to tell you that, I've, I've signed. Aye. You know, I had to tell her the story. She couldn't believe it, and uh, that was us. But I, I enjoyed my time down here. I've, I've mentioned to Greggy since, so I had meetings since then, I said, Two things, how you treated me was terrible, but uh, you did my favour. Thanks. <laughs> but, you, but did you not change much uh, when you were down there as well? Because you, you didn't used to drink and things like that. No, no, I, t- I took up three things down there, uh, drinking, gambling and golf. <laughs> <laughs> three things I'd never done before. Uh, as long as the third one wasn't a woman. DGG. <laughs> I know, but the, the, the weather was a lot better. I, I, I definitely became a fair weather golfer because weather down in Brighton was uh, different from up here. Right, moving on, we've got St Johnson again at home. Uh, this Saturday in the league, do you change it up a wee bit, Charlie, or just go with the same team? Well, I imagine he'll try and freshen it up, won't he? And imagine if you sign Cantwell, they might put him in for a wee start. I know he's just signed in that, but it's always better to start and play maybe 60 minutes. Yeah. See that coming on here when you've not been playing and you come on as a sub, 
try to get into the pace of the game. It's, it's harder. If you start the game, I think you get into the game better because everybody else is starting at the same. But if you're going on this 100 mile and then you're going on, you're like, bloody hell. But the only thing about that, Charlie, the hardest thing about coming up from England was the fact is if he doesn't know all the boys' names when you get to the games, you know, he's not quite sure. It's like t- talking to people, you're not quite sure. I was lucky when I went to Rangers, I knew who everybody was. You know what I mean? But that, that's the only wee problem about that if you're just playing with players. I'm sure he'll know the, the players' thing. names. I need to learn that, yeah. I'm sure. But as I say, it might be, that might be the change he makes. We want the fans to obviously see if there's any any other new players, as Charlie's saying, like give the crowd a wee bit of a lift to see. Depends where the boy plays. I don't, I'm not quite sure if he's, if he's just a central midfield player, isn't he? He can play in behind. Is he? Yeah, yeah he's a glider with a boy. He's a, yeah. he's a good good player. Yeah. What's but, it like when a new player comes in, Charlie? Is it for the other players that are already in the team? Is it a lifter? Just ah, you just kind of think, okay, here we go. There's somebody else trying to get my position or somebody else's <laughs> position, and you go, right, okay, another fight. Well, here we go. Yeah. Well, somebody somebody does get annoyed about it if it's uh, if it's their <coughs> position if they're the ones that's left out of the team because then what happens is they they'll be the first one to be judging how he's doing and that's what happens too if you're if you're left out of the team you're saying is he doing any better than me when when I was playing you know, I do this and do that so there's a wee aspect of that well, can happen. Well, I get Scottish Young Player of the Year and ended that season and we signed Gaza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he I have a chance. He wasn't as good as you. I have a chance if I got here. <laughs> I have to. Well, that was what I've told you that a few times. He was my favourite player. Ah, he was well, Charlie was good to know about it. Gaza, Gaza was even before he came to Angels. Was, ah, something it, else, you know. It was a great player, Gaza. I, I, I first played against him in a testimonial game. He was playing for Tottenham and he was absolutely outstanding. And what I noticed about him was I was playing midfield against him that he, some, he hit like sometimes a long diagonal ball without even looking to start <laughs> with. He played a little one two and then just switched the ball right to. Gary Lineker's feet and you think how did he see him and oh, know that, that he was just so talented wasn't yeah, he was. it's not, I don't know if it's true but somebody's just put in the group chat there that uh, Darvel are winning one now, uh, which would be pretty good here's your, here's your team player <laughs> I'm just trying to get it's that great. see the stadium and all that now, the work they've done and everything it's fantastic what they've done maybe you winning one now I'll just, I'll just check that and tell you if it's true oh, I'd love to see them getting beat anyway predictions then in fact I've already spoken about is it one now to Darvel brilliant there we go also, we've got Patrick what Thistle. What a win that would be. At home in the cup as well. well. That's yeah. a, a good draw. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be here so we could watch it at the window. Yeah. But uh, Rangers, that would have been a good Rangers hospitality manager in there. Too, Ian McCall. Yeah. That's right. My yeah. manager at Dun United. Was he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you think him as a manager? I got on well with him. Aye. Before, it's done my hang, but I, I got on all right. He's done well at Thistle. I mean, he's got them up there competing this season, you know. But as I say, that that's a, a good draw, getting a home draw in the cup. But the St. Johnson game will be interesting because I, th- I felt... They actually weren't too bad in the game last week. There, I thought. I thought they actually competed pretty well. St. Johnson, they worked hard. St. And Johnson always compete. Well. They always compete yeah. and work hard. Uh, St. Johnson, that's yeah. what you get out of I'm going to read out this question. This will be the last question uh, from the group. But Lee Lee Ramage is saying, with a number of high-profile youth B team recently released, why can't our academy players break through in the first team? Respect Charlie McCann's decision to move for first team football, but should we not be seeing more than King, etc.? Yeah. You know? I think, I think I'll be honest with you. I've always felt this. It's very tough for young players coming through at likes of Rangers or even Celtic. You know why? Because they've got to, you've got to compete and you've got to be outstanding to actually be be kept on at the club. Even though a lot of the players are, are talented, they're, they're judged more highly in that because they're saying, "Well, this is Rangers. 
we are we're looking for the very best. So it's very, very difficult for young players to break through. Charlie was one that actually did, but I'm sure he could tell you players in his youth team that were very good players that just didn't make I, it. Gordon, I still think it's down to the, the idea of no reserve team football, not yeah. playing against men. Although they're in the long league now, which is a good thing for the playing against men. Yes. They're not playing against sixteen year olds every week they've played for other days, up to eighteen and then they've never played against a man. That's the that's the right thing. So, I, I was always against the the, the youth development league thing, I, I, I completely because when I was a young player playing at Kilmarnock, I was in the reserve team. As, as Charlie said, you're playing alongside men, yep. getting getting advice from them and getting criticism at times. Obviously, against men, that's how you can judge a player. Then you to see with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you can see a player how de, how you're developing if you can play at 16 years or 17 years old against other men. But if you're just playing against other boys your own age, you can't really be judged on that. But I feel sorry for them, as I say that because a lot of them. Are talented, but because of the because of the difficulty you've got to have to break through at likes of Rangers, it's it's tough for a lot of these kids. God, I must have only played, we had say, at the most twenty five players for eleven year old, all the way up to sixteen when I went full yeah. time. Now it's just a revolving door of kids. Six oh, uh, weeks, six weeks, six weeks. Every team's Not got only 20, Rangers, every team's got twenty players. Every, every <clears> age group. Some they've got yeah forty. You can't have forty. No. The best players at that one age group, it's not possible. You, you've got your 20 players, maybe one or two come out. Play with a kid for a year, work with a kid. Yeah. Give him the chance to show. He might be nervous for the first four or five weeks and then he's out the door after the sixth week. Yeah. And he might be an outstanding player. Then you've got that wee guy, he hates football. He thinks he's not good enough. That's why we have to look after him. Give him a year, let him settle in. It's like when you come as a, a man coming to a football club, it's not just you don't just become a right good player four four weeks in. It, it no. takes time to settle to get to know the boys as Gordon said about known names and whatever. But it takes time because some some kids are shyer than other kids. Yeah. And we have to get away with doing that. We can't have 40, 50 kids at the one age group. It's not possible. I think the main problem we've got, but as well, if we if we do produce something amazing straight away, any English club will just sign them up because they can't we can't compete with their kind of money. They can do that to a certain extent, yeah. They take them away. Well, they don't compensation. Don't it with Gilmore. Gilmore, yeah. Mason Parson, Parson. Well, well Parson did actually well, play at least that was good. Well. At least he played a while. At least he got good money for him, yeah. So, well, I'm afraid that's the end of your podcast already, Gordon. Uh, well, do you want to do a wee prediction then for Saturday? Yeah, I'm you go. When you go, Gordon. Yeah, Rangers will win 2-0. 2-0? Well, we've beat them 4 0 at Ibrooks. I was thinking 4 0 or something. I'm, I think seeing a decent pitch, I think we're going to hammer them. <clears> yeah. So, you 4 0? I'm 4 0. I'll go 3-0 then. <laughs> <laughs> Two, three, four. There we go. Sorted. But thanks again, uh, Gordon, for coming on. It's Cheers, been great Gordon. having you on. <clears throat> and uh, we'll be back again next uh, week at Monday. Uh, 7.30 Monday. <laughs> I'm kind of speaking today. Uh, but once again, thank you to our sponsors, uh, Plugged In IT Business Solutions, DB Dental Care, ISG Resin Form Specialist, and Giant C Architectural. We'll be back next week at 7.30. Cheers, See you later. Guys.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 